This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Are you ready? I'm saying, are you ready? Right, Chris. 
All right. Good evening. How the devil are you? Uh, including that too. Good day. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good night. Goodbye. Hello. Wherever you are in the world, uh, we have people popping in from America. We have people popping in from Australia. And we've even got the Northeast today. You know, we go to some weird places. He's going to kill me. Uh, but this is the preview show. It's Lester Till I Die TV, LTID TV. And it's the preview show with Chris and Brad. Brad, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, sir. Although I did nearly forget that I'm in charge of the muting and you're in charge of the... Uh, I'm in charge of the unmuting and you're in charge of the muting. You can't get the staff, you can't get the technology these days, can you? We've got laptops not working for our guests and you've got my phone just going, no, I don't want to work today for me. So, why do oh, I, it's all good, why I don't know why. I don't know why. Just for the laughs, I think. I think you like. I like. I think you like the stress, mate. <laughs> that's what, that's what must be. Have you got over Have you got over yet? I've got, yeah, I have. I've got over it. I'm not bitter at all. <laughs> not much. <laughs> not much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's bring out our, 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 our muted and unmuted. There. There we go. Um, let's bring our guest in. Uh, he's from the Borough Breakdown podcast. Let's hope that they do break down on Saturday afternoon. Um, so he must get that every time he goes on a different show. Uh, it's Johnny. Good evening, Johnny. How are you? I'm good, thank you, gents. How's things? Not too bad at the moment. Having a good season, I must say. Um, yeah. And I always say this to my guests this season. Forgive me if we seem a little bit chirpy, if we seem a little bit happy. Uh, we had such a shit season last season that just it's just nice to be winning again. And just to put that in context for you, 15 matches in, and we've won more than we did all last season. No, it's nice, isn't it? It must be nice. I mean, what I mean, what one bad season in, in how many years? You know, I think it's not too bad, is it? I mean, in the yeah. one bad season, you get relegated, so it's absolutely typical, isn't it? Um, it, it is, it is, and. We all say if you'd give you told us ten seasons ago you'll win the Premier League, you'll get into Europe twice, you'll get to the semi-finals of a European competition, win the FA Cup, but then you'll get relegated at the end. Would you take it? We would all have said yes. Oh, mate, you absolutely do. What what yeah. a roller coaster of a couple of a uh, few years, you know. So, I mean, yeah. I'm very I'm very envious, of course, of, of what the journey you've been on. But it's been a, what an amazing journey, right? What an amazing course, journey it has. But, I mean, let, let's go back and look at, um, it wasn't that many years ago when we were playing in a, in a semi-final, well, in a final and a, and, and a replay, and you had the big names. All right, it didn't, you know, end happily for you. But we, we kind of went in two different directions, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Um, well, Bora was a strange one, you know, like we... Obviously, had the big names. You had Ravinelli, Janino, Emerson. Um, you know, and you're, you're looking at all those names, and you're thinking, "Wow!" And well, obviously, we'll we'll pre- pre- progress from there as well. So, like, obviously, you 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 win the cup and break our hearts in the second leg. I always hit Emil Heskey uh, for equalising uh, in the last kick of the game. Um, but yeah, we went in a bit of a di- uh, direction, didn't we? I think hmm. with you guys, it kind of started to dip, and, and you got relegated. But with us, we you know went on. 
on a European adventure ourselves, won our own first trophy as well in, in the League Cup. And then probably post 2009, we've just been passing chips, really. You guys have been on the up and we've just went all over. Uh, we've just been in the championship yeah. for a good part of a decade, really. And obviously the one promotion under Karanka and, and that's it. We've got relegated again after one more year. So, yeah, um, you guys have had the, a very nice recent history for sure following that uh, for that following that cup win. Not, not going to lie, and uh, obviously the trophy there is uh, is shows shows what what yeah. we managed to do. Uh, it does look like we've got a very famous guest in the middle. I don't know if it's just me, but it looks like the dad off the royal family. Brad, <laughs> you have got that look about you tonight. Well, it's better than other looks I've been told I look like. Uh, apparently, I look like Jeffrey Dahmer. So that's another one I've had because of these glasses and the shape of them. Yeah, that's that's a great one. Um, I, I know, right? I'd rather, I'm very thankful for the fact that he went for the royal family. I thought it was going to be another one that would point that out. But uh, yeah, I'm a, star, I'm, I'm a style icon, just not for the right reasons. Give <laughs> um, it come. Uh, I got my job already. I got my job already. I'm going to come to you uh, first, Johnny, because um, yes. you had a good. Well, it was a funny season last season because you didn't start off well. You had no. an amazing end to the season. Got to the semis. That didn't work out. Everybody, I mean, well, not everybody, but a lot of Leicester fans were crying out that we should we should come and get Michael Carrick off you. Um, you seem to sell your your your, your star striker. You struggled again this season. Uh, a bit well. Then you, you you went up. You won a few. You, then you you know you kind of gone off the boil a little bit. I mean, how happy are you with this guy? First of all, I love Michael Carrick, and I would have been devastated if you guys took him from us. And um, to be honest, uh, he's a great man. He's been really, really good for us. Really, really good. And you know, we were uh, there's there's a lot of the big backstory to Carrick and come, him coming in. Very short story is Chris Wilder wanted to leave and go to Burnley, didn't get that job. Then he tried to apply for the Bournemouth job, didn't get that. And we were just like, what are you doing? Got rid of him as we were towards the bottom of the championship, which we had a squad good enough to be in the playoffs. Carrot comes in, we go on this amazing roller coaster of a season. And yeah, we end up obviously in the semi-finals. And but obviously post that, you know, it's not really his his fault too much that we've had a had a bit of a slow start. We lost 66 goals pretty much overnight as soon as the, as soon as that final whistle went against um, against Coventry and in the playoffs. We lost Tuba, we lost Ryan Giles, who was contributing to the left on the left hand side. We lost Aaron Ramsey, we lost Cameron Archer, and replacing 66 goal, goal contributions is is pretty difficult, especially on a on not a massive budget either. So, yeah, he's he's struggling initially this season, but we've really turned it around and. Yeah, I just absolutely love Michael Carrick. Brilliant. Really, really good coach. Like, all, really, all the, really good development coach. Those 66 players that... You, you're 66 players, sorry. 66 goals worth of yeah. players that you lost. I mean, were they all loanies or did you sell some? Yeah, three loanies and in in Ryan Giles, Cameron Archer and Aaron Ramsey. So Aaron Ramsey, not the one that everyone thinks of when they think of like Cardiff and Arsenal. Um, it, it was the one that was at Aston Villa and now at Burnley. Uh, Ryan Giles is at Luton and Cameron Archer at Sheffield United now. So they've all made that step up to the Premier League. And if you actually total up the fees that they've gone for, it's actually in adding Tuber in there as well. It's over 50 million. So you're thinking, wow, we've, we've lost a lot of probably really good young talent. And yes, there were loan players. 
But I think we really got the best out of him in, in that part of the, of the season. Before I go back to Brad, what you said about Wilder there, I mean, we, he couldn't have been happy at Middlesbrough if he was applying for all these jobs. Uh, it, well, he was. The thing, the thing is, he was. Um, he was really happy. And it was like we, we started off brilliant because we had Neil Warnock prior to that. Hmm. We got on really well. You know, we, we got rid of, of, of Neil um, and and Chris came into the building and, you know, rejuvenated us, got us to where we need to be. And the new season starts and you think we're going to really kick on. Um, and it was just, it was just so odd because we were doing so well. And then about March, April time, Sean Dyche lost his job. And then while there's been like tipped for this new role, a Burnley, our manager's role, and it just got very fishy very quickly. And, you know, like as soon as you know, your manager's off and he wants to go somewhere else. Like your players aren't going to play for you either. Let's let's be brutally honest. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, he, and you know he hasn't had it. He hasn't. He got well. He got a job at Watford for a little while, but he, I think he'll struggle. I think he'll struggle to get something as good as a project he had at Middlesbrough as well. He had like investment, the crowd on board, everyone was happy, mm-hmm. and he kind of threw it away. Well, so. I always liked him, but um, yeah, that, that's kind of uh, a, a little bit naughty. But Brad, I mean, you look at our squad. Um, I mean, most of the low need. Well, I say most. We haven't got that many. A couple of the low needs we've got, we've got options to buy. I think is it just Doyle and Cashadi that uh, we haven't got options on? Yeah, they're the only two that we haven't got any options on. Um, but you'd, you know, you'd like to think with the the way they came to our club on loan. Obviously, Doyle has worked with Enzo previously at Man City's under-23s and, and Cassidy was convinced to turn down Genoa uh, in Italy to, to, to come to us. That might have been more to Chelsea's preference. Uh, well, there is that, you could argue. I mean, that might be more... That was sounding like it was more Chelsea's influence for him because yeah. they want to develop yeah. him. But yeah, we, we it, it is a struggle, and I've, we've said this before, haven't we? With with certain teams, you look at some teams that have made historic runs to the playoffs, and then the next season they're down at the bottom, and you, you're scratching your you, you know scratching your head and raising an eyebrow, and you're thinking how they struggled so bad, and then you look at their squad and realise they had six or seven low knees, and it shows you, uh, you know, the loan market is like a double-edged sword, isn't it? You kind of live and die by it, and. Uh, Seems to be that's what's happening. Um, uh, happens with Middlesbrough at the moment. Although they, they've they've had a little reprieve in form until, uh, so uh, which which they needed, but uh, it, it it has worked out for them now. They've got a balance in their squad. Yeah, uh, Andrew. Uh, Andrew. Yeah, let's give Cashadi a little bit of, of leeway here. He's only been with us um, fifteen games, and I think he suffers because everybody else that we brought in has has just clicked if you like you know you, you don't get to be the golden boot and golden sock and golden underwear whatever everything else that he got at the at the euros euro euros under 23s without being a decent player uh let's just let's just give him he was getting all right a couple of games he played regularly since indeed he got injured for me Leeds wasn't very good but then there was a lot of players out there that didn't perform um, talking about not performing, Johnny. Uh, sorry to, to, to lead it this way, but your start of the season there wasn't was as we, as we touched on before was not good. Um, you then sort of had had a bit of a bit of a good run, um, and as we'll see in, in in a bit, last couple of games um, kind of turned it back a little bit. But 
worried that it suddenly it's come to an end? Well, I'd really. to an end. That's been unfair. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, I get it. I think I think look, um, unless you unless you last away whenever again. Um it's 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 very unrealistic, I think, to win so many games on the balance. We won seven in a row, uh, eight in all competitions, and you know, we we really turned a corner and you know, you are gonna probably lose random games here and there in the championship. We should have really beat Plymouth, um, kind of threw it away at the end and Stoke we just got beat. I just got beat off a better team. You know, they were the better side of the day and you know, obviously we go into this game now and if you don't win against Leicester, it's like, oh, we haven't won in three and people start to talk again. But for me, I'm I'm confident that we can turn it around. Not if if not against Leicester, then we can we'll go on another run again and we'll we'll try and progress up the table. So I'm confident in the team, I'm confident in what we're trying to do and hopefully, fingers crossed, we can start to keep climbing up the league. Because I, I do think we'll get playoffs, I really do. It's just it's just going to take time this year to really start to bed all these new players we've brought in and and, and trying to, to get up the, up the table. How big was, I mean, you beat you beat Cardiff and then you had the, yeah. the, the local derby away at Sunderland. I've got, I'm sorry, but at that particular point in the season, I'd got Sunderland down for a home win. Yeah. Um, but then if you see how, how some of us are doing in the prediction league, eh, Brad? Uh, you know we're not very good at it. Um, I mean, 4-0 away from home against your local rivals. I mean, how much of a boost was that for you? Oh, it was massive, mate. It was massive. Like, we played them off the park, you know. Like, we we yeah. played really well in the first half. A red card can change things. But, in the you know, it's, although it's a red card, like, you still see, like, teams hold on and be defensively sound and, you know, make it difficult. We just played through them and we were really personal in that second half and, you know, scoring four and it was lovely. It was a really nice moment for us to to beat Sunderland and Tony Mowbray as well, for a legend and manager mm. over there. He always beats us. So it was quite bittersweet that we, we beat him and beat him in such a way that we uh, were able to, to really celebrate it. But that was great. You know, I think it shows like what we can do. Yeah. And, you know, we've, we've, we've probably, we've proved that we can create plenty of chances. We can, you know, and, so hopefully, fingers crossed, we can continue that. But yeah, it was a very, very nice moment beating someone for no. I'm sure it's it always was. lovely. Sure it was. Birmingham was that with or was that before Rooney or had Rooney started? No, Rooney's first game, so yeah. it was quite nice. And you know, well done, me, I, had, we, I like yeah. Middlesbrough just for that. <laughs> yeah, well, look with Rooney as well, though. It, what frustrates me is just that they had a really good thing going with John Eustace, and they just thought, you know, let's bring a bigger name and try and go for it. And it just doesn't always work out, does it? It really yeah. never works out. And, you know, they lost their identity, I think. And we, again, it was just like, it was always, when are we going to score? When are we going to score? We kept missing chances. And then we finally put one away. And it was yeah. a relief. <laughs> and then, you I mean, Norwich, well, everybody seems to be eating Norwich at the moment. They're, they're sort of going down quicker than a bride's knickers on a wedding night. Um, then you got Stoke. What happened at Stoke? Um, again, I had you down to win that one. I think you need to stop betting on Borat, to be honest. <laughs> to be honest, um, I think a lot of people yeah. do. Uh, but Stoke was just a better team, they really were. Like, they've the Stoke have been hot and cold for like the last 18 months under Alex Neal, or really, or last, or like, right, the last 12 months under Alex Neal. They've been really hot and cold where they have a squad which is good enough for probably you could say squad good enough for playoffs, they'll, they'll get there, thereabouts. Hmm. And then they'll go and beat Middlesbrough and then they'll go and lose to Sheffield Wednesday or something daft like that. It, they're yeah. very inconsistent, but 
I think we just caught them on a really good day. Like they were really, really good, really solid. And you know when just you know when a game just just not going your way, where like the ball's just not sticking, or you miss that really good chance, and something else happens. It was kind of one of those, and we looked a bit leggy, and I thought, oh god, here we go. Um, this could be the turning point. But then we beat Exeter in the cup, and then we obviously drew out uh, in Plymouth as well. Yeah, so. now, now Plymouth, Brad would be quite happy there because it's his second team. He loves the uh, he loves the pasties from uh, from Plymouth, and <laughs> we says no, I don't. Um, I mean Plymouth hey, again. You know, you, you should have won that, should you not? Yeah, we should have really. We, we should have won it, and we just we have a habit at the moment of conceding wonder strikes. We, honestly, like this season, if you look at Borough's conceded goals, it could be a highlight reel for the entire season, like goal of season category. Like, I just don't know how it's happening. I really don't know how it's happening. We're good defending our own box, but someone outside the box will hit one from about 30, 40 yards and will just go top bins. And you just think, yeah, that's our luck. But as Azaz's re- goal was really good, and then Whitaker's free kick right at the end where it bends around the goalkeeper, it was just, just like Lord scoring opportunity chances and we just give yeah. them away and we should have really won the game but it's what it is it is what it is I think Plymouth are yeah. a good side they're really good at home um so it's just I think they're a couple of players away for being a really good side in the division I think Brad I mean how annoying is it to have a bit of a bit of red on our side we were, we were, we were all green last week It's my job to unmute. Stop getting your job wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's annoying, but I, I think we've been saying for a few games now that we, you kind of sense that Leicester either needed to give somebody a beating and kind of get over this, you know, this stuttery run run that we're on. I know it sounds weird to say stuttery run when you see all that green that's underneath it, but we kind of sensed it from about the, the, the Sunderland game ourselves, funny enough, wasn't it, Chris? Because... Yeah. Yes, you argue that Leicester did create chances in that game and it could have been a 4 2 or something like that. But Sunderland, for the majority of that game, you, we were never comfortable at 1 0. Um, and then obviously we played QPR and that kind of, you know, the, the game will tell you that it took QPR going down to 10 men uh, for Leicester to break them down and, and, and beat them. And whether you could argue all day about whether it would have mattered or not, the, the fact of it is it, it, that's what happened and then we took the lead. So I, I think annoyingly, I wasn't surprised we'd, we'd lose to Leeds, um, which is easy for me to say with all them L's in there. Um, but um, it is still annoying. It's still annoying. I got I got used to the colour green in that in front of that blue back, background. No, oh, hang on. Um, oh, hang on. Um... Me too, me too. But I was on Luke's channel earlier and I was talking to him about Leeds and I said, look, you know, everybody, it was almost like, and I suppose every every club's got these sort of fans, but it's like, hang on, we've lost two games all season. We've just lost to Leeds who basically were the better team and I've got to say they probably honestly deserved it. Um, It's not the end of the world, is it? Brad, sorry. Brad, sorry. No, yeah, no, it's, it's, of course it's not. I mean, certain weekend and mid-week results helped us feel a bit better about that with it, which, you know, currently breathing down our necks. And 
Um, again, I think we needed it. I, it's not the end of the world. We're still 11 points clear of third, which is ultimately, you know, when you come down to brass taxes, game week 46, if you're ahead of third place, then, then you're going back up. It, you know, the title's a bonus, um, but essentially it gets the same job, doesn't it? It gives you the same reward sort of thing. Um, and we've already got the trophy cabinet with the championship, so we don't need it again. It's all right if it fruits do catch us. But, uh, but, you know... Um, I know, right? But yeah, and again, it kind of helps ground us all round, doesn't it? It helps ground the team and it, it kind of helps ground the fans because I think some fans were, you know, and us a little bit as well on here, admittedly, but we get a little bit carried away with the fact that we're always winning every week. Um, four ones, two ones, one nils, three nils sort of thing. So we was never going to go the rest of the season without losing. So there's no panic to me right now. But Brad, I mean, like you say, results went our way. Um, <laughs> Ipswich played on the Saturday, uh, I could only draw, then went to Rotherham. Now, look, I know football's not played on paper, but on paper, Ipswich should have stuffed Rotherham. And I think I messaged you when uh, Rotherham, uh, Ipswich went ahead 2 1 in like the 90th minute or something. I went, bloody fucking Ipswich when they stopped scoring. And they literally within two minutes, Rotherham would equalise. Ipswich will be kicking themselves. If they'd won both those games, they'd be a point ahead of us now. Yeah, they would. But like you said, Chris, you know, it isn't played on paper. If it was played on paper we may not be doing as well as as um as we have been doing because people would say oh on paper maybe southampton do better than leicester on paper blackburn at home should be a tougher game leicester might not win that one on paper norwich at you know away might not be a win for leicester so thankfully probably in a way leicester you know leicester season isn't defined by being played on paper um but yeah i mean but it shows this division is so unpredictable you look at middlesbrough's you know results they've had like you know like he said about alex scott there you know they can go and beat someone like leeds and then they can go and lose to sheffield wednesday who are the like worst team in this division it's just how it goes isn't it it just shows you if a team turns up they can do it and you know this 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 just proves how how good of a start leicester have had because even though the opportunity was there for Ipswich to to take over our role, they didn't have the knack about them to do it, and they, uh, they, they you know they felt the pressure, and they all right, they didn't lose. You can't say they crumbled, crumbled, but they they must be kicking themselves that they're going great. How are we not going into the weekend games top uh, of you know top of the league sort of thing? I'm just looking before just I continue, Johnny. Um, I'm just looking at Jeffrey Dahmer just to see how much he does look like, Brad. Um, maybe shave, shave the beard off with glasses. I can see, I can see the lightness. Uh, but look, let's get back to football. Um, you've got the league leaders coming to, to, to your ground. You're at home yeah. on Saturday. Uh, how are Middlesbrough going to approach this? It's a mint test for us, definitely. Um, we'll probably the same way we've done it against everyone else, really. Uh, like to keep keep on the, keep our feet on the feet on the ball, try and have most possession, try and play the thirds. We're a good possession based team, to be honest. But we create plenty of chances. I think the problem we had this year, whereas last year where we'd finish every chance we got, this year it's taken us two or three to to get in, to get them in the back of the net. So I think what we'll try and do is we'll do something where. 
Um, similarly to most possession teams that come at the Riverside, we will probably try and stamp our authority on the game early doors. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, we do that. And we know we try and do the the thing where everyone sees now where you, you move everyone over to the right, you flip it over to the left, and you've got the space to run in and knock the ball in the box. Do that vice versa with our fullback. So I don't think we'll make too many changes to the game against Leicester. I don't think mm-hmm. I don't see why we would um change too much for, for one game. And you know, we, we've got a good home record, so it's it's I, I feel like okay about the game. I'm not going into it thinking, oh, we'll sit bit men behind the ball because I just that's just not where the way we've played for like the last 12 to 18 months. So mm-hmm. I can't see us doing much different now. I mean, I don't know if you saw the the Leicester Leeds game. I wouldn't have expected you to, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. But you know, every, every game that, that we've played, we've gone, we've had high possession, and we've basically Vestergaard sort of in our back three tends to get the ball and it will just stand there and literally say, "Well, yeah. you know, if you want the ball, come and get it off us." And he's passing backwards and forwards to Harry Winks, and then once you guys start coming forward, he'll pop it over the top. What Leeds did, which nobody had really, possibly Sunderland, but they really came at us. They, you know, he never had the chance. He was, he was, there was never the time on the ball for him to actually do that. Um, it was like it was like a scene from Zulu. You know, every time he looked up, all these hordes of Leeds players coming towards you, and obviously it worked for them because we didn't get the chance. We couldn't play. You know, we always said the other team's not going to score when they don't get the ball. And, you know, we would tie them out. But, my God, Leeds, you know, came up and said, nah, we're not going to do that. We're going to come at you. And, my God, they did. Um, can you see Middlesbrough trying that at all? Probably. Um, mainly just because we do that anyway. Uh, oh, okay. uh, we, so, it's it's we, we've our pressing's got better and better as the season's gone on, as the players have got a bit fitter. Um, our recoveries are much better. And, you know, I can probably see it. You know, when I look at the defense of the, or the back three, I think it's Doyle, Feiss, and is it Feiss and the investor guy, isn't it? Right? Yeah, yeah Feiss. So, like, I can't see too much like pace in that back three apart from Doyle, who's obviously played against us last year for Coventry. So, it's, I think for me, the one thing I'd probably see us change and is probably put instead of having a holding striker in Josh Corbin up top, probably maybe switch it to Manuel Laf, which is a fantastic name, by the way. Um, yeah. where, um, He's really good in behind, and I can maybe see Bora trying to steal the ball up high and then try to get it in behind. And I think that's potentially how the game might go. I mean, we won't have Doyle because he's injured, so we'll have uh, have James Justin in. I'm uh, just looking at your home your home record. Um, in the last six, you've won three, although your last one you did lose to Stoke. Yeah. You lost to Queens Park Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, had a, we, had <laughs> we really tried to start. <laughs> Look, that start honestly was just horrendous. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a mixture of we've signed a lot of new players, we've lost a lot of good players, and we're trying to play and we try to test this new way or this new system that first few games, and it just didn't really work. I'll be honest, and it kind of took a few games for our new players to click with obviously the players that were currently there. And obviously, obviously, you guys have you've just clicked really straight away, haven't you? And the talent that you've got in the group is insane. Yeah. And yeah, it just took us a little bit of time, and it felt like that QPR game was off it. Like we were creating so many chances, we just couldn't score, and then it was just very typical that we couldn't concede and just on it was very like form. it was a bit, bit of shit going on. I think for that one. Yeah. <laughs> 
But on your home form, you're 11th um, yeah. on the last six games. Overall, I could say you're fifth. Um, Brad, um, away, you know, Leicester are going to be playing away. On our, our away only form, oh, <laughs> we're first. Uh, we've not lost in six. Um, um, oh, have oh. you learned from the Leeds game, you know, that this one's away? I mean, you always learn from your defeats, don't you? Or at least you try to. Um, you know, sometimes you, you get a couple of defeats and you go on a bad run, uh, but you're always learning from your defeats. Um, it's just, I, I, I still feel like sometimes at home we're a bit uneasy. Um, I think the game's changed a little bit where the, the home crowd can make you feel a bit unnervy if things aren't going their way after about 10, 15 minutes, whereas the away day there's a bit more of a party atmosphere isn't there there's a bit more of a you know bonus if we do really well but we're, we're, we're a bit more patient um so i feel like they're a bit more relaxed away from home and and if you look at not just our record away from home but if you were to go back and watch even extended highlights of our performances against teams that um you know, have attacked us in, in in the same sort of manner of Leeds, um, but um, with the greatest res- uh, with the greatest of respect, the, the the lesser quality in their depth, general depth of the side, i.e. Blackburn and 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 and, um, and Southampton to a, to a lesser extent, um, it it does seem to play into our hands. We seem to play with a little bit less panic a little bit less expectation if you will and anticipation of getting in front beating somebody because it's at home we should be doing it at home um and, and and it's weird because i don't think any team's figured out how to stop leicester away from home which you know you normally say in football don't you win your home games and pick up points away from home and you'll 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 be fine or even better if you're doing really well well, well away from home but not not exactly the opposite. It is only two losses, but if you look at it on that perspective, it's a hundred percent versus eighty percent, eighty or seventy percent, or whatever the yeah. maths is. So yeah, I think we're we're slightly different away from home um, because of some of them factors. Good news for you, uh, Tommy. Uh, um, I think you did my I job you then. Did my job then. Yeah, I did. I did. We, we don't coordinate at all. Um, the good news for you is uh, five of the last six away games, we've conceded a goal. Um, <laughs> but in two of the last six away games, uh, we've scored four and in one we've scored three. Um, and looking at your defence this, uh, <laughs> this season um, and the way, I mean, again, I don't know sort of what you've seen of Leicester, but... Knowing the, how we can attack and how quick sometimes we can attack with on the other. Um, I'm sorry, mate, but I, I think, you know, we could get a few goals against you because your defence doesn't look that solid. Yeah, well, look, we hasn't been solid for probably the last 12 months, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so <laughs> Is that another goal on my prediction now, then? <laughs> yeah, well, look, I think the, the thing that we've done really well over the last, probably last 12 months is that Although we'll concede, we'll probably outscore. Um, so it's it's quite nice in a way. Like you, the game, no games, not entertaining. Uh, so it, it's always fun for that. And look, to be honest, like Leicester side, when you're looking at 
know, Dewsbury Hall, uh, you're looking at uh, Kelechi, you're looking at Harry Winks in the midfield, um, oh, yeah. probably McAtee as well. I'm, I'm, I'm looking across the, the Hall squad and you were saying there, like, James Justin's coming in and what a talent James Justin is, by the way. Um, and you think, well, you should score, really. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like kind of like, well, yeah. you should. Um, and it'd be a travesty if you never. And I think it's... Uh, it's for, for us though, it's a case of I don't think we know we'll concede, but it's how do we create more chances? And you look mm. at our numbers, we're, we're joint top for you guys in terms of like chances created and and expected goals. So it's like it's 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 set up to be quite a nice game. I think both attacks are really good and it could be one of it could go both ways. It could be a five five or it could be a nil nil. nil. We just don't yeah. know, do we? Um, so we're there to be got, we're there to be attacked at. You know, it's 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 you can't d- deny and hide it. It's yeah. just the other side has been we're, we're good going forward, and it makes it quite exciting to be honest. So I'd rather win four three than one nil every week to be honest. But that's just my opinion. You're not called Boris, are you? We we've got somebody in the chat that uh, would like that. Um, I'm just looking for you, again for your last six games. You've actually scored twelve and only conceded six. So maybe that's something you're improving yeah. on. Uh, who should we be looking out for? Who's going to cause us problems? Um, there's some some really good talent in the in the team, you know. Like uh, Hayden Hackney for me is fantastic, you know. Under England under 21, and I hope I'm glad that you guys will have a look at him because it's it's just, I think he's just a player that is ready for, for Premier League football. He's just progressing so lovely in centre defensive mid- well in the middle of the park. Um, I think if you're looking at different players around the pitch, Isaiah Jones has been hot and cold this season on the right hand side. Really likes to take a man on, get him behind and create chances. Um, Riley McGree, I think it, it could it is most likely going to be injured. He is our best player. Um, he's been in, he's been in the last few games, so you <laughs> probably you're lucky for that. But Sam Greenwood's yeah. came in from from Leeds on loan, um, and he's done really well. Like we'll what will happen? What you'll see with Middlesbrough is that we'll play with someone on the left who will look to cut in and try and cause an overload. Well, you'll have your, your standard winger on the right hand side, and then you'll see Lucas Engel at left back trying to create the space on the on the left hand side so a few names there to kind of give you uh, to give you to give some of your fans to look at um but yeah there's some there's some good players in, in our group i think just to reel off a few to maybe for the game hayden hackney luke Sengel, um isaiah jones if emmanuel laugh starts just watch him he's he's really good off the ball but on the ball questionable um and morgan rogers if he was to play I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. He's he starting to read the comment was on. So, yeah, just a few players for you to watch. For us, Craig, uh, Craig uh, Brad, um, <laughs> Craig normally that does it. Brad, um, who's going to cause um, uh, Borough trouble? 
And do we start with Vardy again, third game in the row, or do we do we start with uh, with your love child, Kalechi? Kalechi. You start with my love child, Kalechi Inacho. Um mainly because uh, he holds he holds the ball up. Vardy is very good at coming back, and obviously, even though he's thirty-five now, thirty-four, thirty-five now, um, still miraculously has that pace about him to have the burst. But um, I think we need somebody who can maybe hold that ball up and let the rest catch up with them more than get ahead and try and get the ball into him as quick as possible before. He's offside, sort of thing, with Vard's. Um, I think the biggest trouble Middlesbrough will have is... Uh, I would say it's Fatawu. If he starts with Fatawu, he's caused... Even against Leeds, uh, he caused them trouble. Um, Mavadidi, probably second to that. Although with Mavadidi, it seems he's suffering with Harvey Barnes' arthritis, which is if he gets doubled up on... Uh, he struggles to make the impact in the game that he does for the first 20 minutes, half an hour. So, for the longevity of the game, I think Mavadidi is the strength. It is the strength for Leicester because um, he did seem to put a lot of players on on the rear ends when he comes running at them. They don't know where he's going to go, and uh, one day you think surely he's going to grab a couple of goals in the game because his shooting ability is not to be sniffed at. A, at either, so yeah, for me, it's definitely Fatawu would be would be the number one for me. But I think anyone on that wide is going to cause you issues. Uh, yeah, I think um, we, we, we I would agree with Fatawu. The thing is, though, uh, and it's interesting you said swap with Vardy and bring Kells in to start. Is against Leeds, both Fatawu and Mavadidi were getting down to the bylines, ready to cross the ball. But there was no Leicester player in that box. Vardy was nowhere to be seen. Whether he'd, you know, he'd nipped off to the loo and had a break or something, I don't know. But suddenly, you know, there was nobody in that box for them to pass into. Uh, is that something that you know he's going to look at? Do you think and make sure that we get numbers in the box tomorrow? Uh, sorry, Friday. Uh, sorry, Saturday, Friday. Whenever it is. <laughs> pick, pick, pick your day, Chris, and stick with it. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I. I... I think it's something we've been saying for a while that we do seem to have a little bit of a plan B, but it's nothing major. Um, but I, I, I feel like, you know, it's surprising Vardy actually has scored a few goals with his header throughout his career at Leicester. But I, I don't know why, but I feel like maybe it's a, a height thing. Maybe it's just the way he's built. But I feel like Kalecci offers you more in that area because, you know, if if when we, when when Vardy's had to come back and win the ball, the thing we have found, and again, I kind of I know I sound like a contradiction, but it all depends with Vardy where he's picking up the ball. If Vardy's picking up his own half and then he's playing it out wide to Fatu, if Fatu is a young lad, he gets away from Vardy easy, and that thirty-five year old body starts to realise he maybe can't keep up with the youngsters anymore, especially not someone of Fatu's pace at least. Whereas Ian Acho kind of plays not so deep. You know, he kind of sits in that false nine role, if you will, the Okazaki role, I think I refer to it as. Um, so he might be more in and around the right area when a cross comes into the box, because I think sometimes we've put a ball into the box and we've gone, that's a great cross, but we're clearly not playing for it. So what are we doing sort of thing? But that might be another way to go for putting Kels in the team over, yeah. uh, uh, over yeah. Vardy. 
Well, um, well talking about um, who's going to be scoring, uh, we're going to do uh, score predictions in a second. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on, you foxes. Indeed. But before we get to the uh, score predictions, we'll drag it out a little bit longer. We always do this, uh, Johnny, foot in both camps. Um, Nigel Pearson, um, I played, well, he played for you against us in the, uh, sorry to mention it again, the League Cup final, um, which uh, I think, did we win that, Brad? I think we did. Uh, and obviously went on to manage us. Uh, your memories of him at uh, at um, Middlesbrough? Yeah, he's just before my time as Nigel. Um, in such a young age, but it's a. Is he a Nige... player that you look at and you sort of look back with oh. thinking, yeah, he was good for us? Or mate, absolutely. Mm. I, I think Nigel Pearson is down as a club legend at Middlesbrough. Do you know what I mean? Like, what a great captain to have led us into the Riverside and you know led us into the finals and what we were doing over that crazy two-year period. And, you know, obviously he's similar to, you know, as he was coming towards the back end of his career, um, he goes down as a really big legend as, 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 at the club. And every time he comes to the Riverside, you know, he always got a really, really good reception. And it's just nice to see that. And what he did for, for Leicester as well, he was kind of like that catalyst really before any year, wasn't he? So yeah. I yeah. think he's always going to go down for you guys as a bit of a legend as well, right? I think I think uh, Brad will agree with me in a second that I, I don't think Ranieri would have won the Premier League if uh, you know the, the foundations hadn't been put there by Nigel. And you know we always say, don't we, Brad? We don't think he gets the um, uh, probably the credit that that he deserves. And you know, we, you know a lot of people look back at his time at Leicester and think about the ostrich incident, the knocking the player down at the side of the pitch and trying to strangle him, the telling a fan to, to f off. Um, as somebody who met him with my son, and you know, he had the time to stop and talk to us, like a lot of managers, completely different. You know, when he's in a, in that different situation, but a club legend still, though, eh, Brad? Yeah, he, he was. He was definitely. Uh, he will always be a club hero um, at Leicester City. You know, double two stints at Leicester. Uh, obviously, yeah. infamously got us out of League One at the first attempt, um, which certain teams in this division can't say uh, they did. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, and and Southampton, I believe, as well. Uh, so you know, it's it's not it's not easy this League One and Championship malarkey as we try to make it out to be, no. but uh, now club legend, obviously Agent Pearson was clearly clearly saw Heskey on the line and thought I'll leave him to it because I want Leicester to win it. <laughs> I'm sure he did that in the uh, Cup final. He wanted the replay, uh, um, but 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 no, he, he for different reasons he's a legend at both clubs and he's really. He was he's such a memorable character and as you know Chris I don't know if I've told this story more than 300 times but I had the pleasure of, of obviously working for Leicester City and it was and I was part of the housekeeping team down at the the old training ground facilities so now I won't cut the old training ground facilities it's the facilities now that the the women uh, uh, 
yeah, Beaver Drive that the women use um, now. Um, and I was part of the housekeeping team. And in the morning before the players turn up, obviously you get like the backroom stuff and Nigel um, would come through at about about half eight, it would be. Anyway, long story short, because I can tell a long story, ask Chris. I, me and the manager, we were having a little bit of a Barney. It was only playful. It wasn't anything serious. And Nigel Pearson heard it as he was coming down towards the gym gym room. And he went, leave my mate alone, will you? To like point at me boss. And she went, oh, great. I can't say anything to you now. Your best mates with Nigel Pearson. So me and Nigel go way back. We've been mates all this time. There we go. Okay, so it is time for this now. Um, now, now, Luke, who I was on his show earlier, uh, Leicester Down Under, uh, Leicester City Down Under, do go and check it out, guys, if you haven't already. He comes on the show on the, the watch alongs on Saturday, and that's his channel. Do go give him your support. He's gone for 4-1 to Leicester, I'm afraid, Johnny. But don't read too much into that because he's gone 4-1 for 80% of the games this year. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got it right a couple of times, purely by luck more than chance. Uh, but he has gone 3-1. Uh, what do you see this score being? I think it's going to be one all. I do. I don't know the game speaks. I will say to you. Got, got a draw written all over this, and it turns out to be a romp for either, either side. Um, so I'm going to go one all, and hopefully it, it does that win <laughs> in, a, in a, one of those romp games. That's a brave decision to say that we haven't drawn a game all season. It's I'm just playing with statistics there, do you know what I mean? That, that's all I'm doing. It's going, to ha- it's going to happen at one point. It's going to have to. Would, so, you, would you be happy with the point at home? Yeah. Oh, mate, look at that squad. Carter would be, uh, mate. No, we just it's... like people building us up and beefing us up. That's all it is, though. But... Mate, if you don't win the league with record points, it's a failure. Like, <laughs> from, from a rescue, really. Let's be honest. Like, with Jewsby Hall, it, like, it, what a talent he is. What a talent. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, no, that's a bit of pressure, isn't it? But it's like, Champions, you've got to be champions, surely. It's 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 a failure if you don't. If you well, don't if you ever really. get fed up with supporting Middlesbrough, we'll have you over here supporting us. Don't worry, <laughs> Brad. What are you going to go for? <laughs> Brad is being the worst predict. I mean, like last two seasons, last two seasons Penny, he won the prediction show. Uh, this season in the championship, he's at the other end of the table, <laughs> Brad. Oh, tell me that Middlesbrough are going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could, Chris. Um, uh, just just for you, I, I, I'll say I might just do it in the predictions league itself because I haven't done my predictions yet. I'm 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 off for a I'm off for a strike on in that predictions league myself. That'd be awkward, wouldn't it? If those didn't do it for three <laughs> three weeks, yeah. just kick myself out. Might might save me less embarrassment, but. Um, I can't look, you know, you know, he's gone gone against the grain, giving us our first draw here. He's 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 sitting on that proverbial Chris's fence panel, as I like to call it, going for one one. Uh I c I can't do that. Uh, I think um I think Middlesbrough uh, are gonna try and do what Leeds do. Uh or did to us, should I say, but I think then I think they're gonna get it horribly wrong. Um and I think we're gonna win three nil. Oh my God! Oh you my were so close God, to me. God, you Marin. were so close to me. 
I mean, whatever Chris says is what I actually am going to go for in the predictions thing because he's got to send me his across, you see, so I know. So I'll wait and then put mine in. Copy all his homework and he'll be dreading it. <laughs> kind of just say, we do the prediction show on the Friday, Johnny, and I always let or try and let Brad go first with his predictions so that I can go something <laughs> different because he's been that, honestly, he has been awful this year. As good as he was, and oh my God, did he enjoy it for the last two seasons. He... Uh, he was top and he wasn't letting us forget it. And it's just, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of a Leeds United fall from grace that he's having at the moment. <laughs> but uh, I always try and go different to him because of that reason. And I actually have gone, I'm sorry, but I've gone 3-1. Uh, I think you will get a goal. Uh, we do like to, 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 to uh, concede a goal away from home. But I do think that uh, we are going to win this. I think it's like, I think Leeds poked the bear last week. And I think you might uh, get the uh, the comeback. And this time, of course, when we lost to Hull, uh, we went on and beat Southampton 4-1 uh, on the next game. But there was a international break between the two. We haven't got that this time. That's obviously next week. So, yeah, I've got, oh, I thought Brad was going to kiss the screen then for a minute. I like you too, Brad, but don't get too close. Uh, Johnny, thank you so much for coming on. We have put your links, uh, Twitter and podcast links, in the description below. But just give a shout out as to um, where where people can find you and listening to you. Yeah, so you can find us on all your podcast providers. Just search for the Bora Breakdown podcast and on Twitter, it's Bora Breakdown, Bora underscore Breakdown, and then on social, it's just the Bora Breakdown podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. So you find us on there. Brilliant. I would wish you all the best for the weekend, but I wouldn't mean it. Uh, but I do wish you all the best for the rest of the season. I appreciate it, guys. You too. And thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed that. So thank you. No, brilliant. We'll do it again for the return. Yes. Brilliant. Sounds good. I do appreciate you coming on. Thanks for giving us your time. Take care. And like I say, good luck after, uh, after Saturday. Cheers, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. So thanks to Johnny there for coming on. Um, Nice guy. Wish him well. Oops, it's easy. What's going on here? There we go. Um, right, so we don't do a pick the team now, basically because um, you don't know what he's going to do week in, week out, Enzo. You know, you, you can win four in the row and he still comes in and uh, picks some of the team. So what we're going to, what we do now, uh, we've done it with Craig a few times. And then we were, we're going to do it now with, with Brad, who's uh, standing in for him. Uh, just say a couple of hellos first. Scott is in. Uh, Brad, now what's the long story about you and Nigel? <laughs> Scott, comment of the day, mate. If I've got a prize for the comment of the day, that would be it. Uh, and he's gone 1-0 one, one to Middlesbrough. Oh, Scott. Oh, Scott, 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 Scott. Um, and as he says there, please can everybody please smash the like button and subscribe to the channel, and as well as he says there, LTID TV2, which we should be back. Should it be about this weekend, Brad, or is it gonna be next weekend? Take two. Uh, I'm looking to try and do something for this weekend. Um, I obviously, unfortunately, the ladies suffered a, a defeat to Liverpool um, at the weekend, but I wasn't able to do any covering for that because, unfortunately, I didn't get to see much of it. So hopefully, I can get something sorted this weekend. I give myself a, a slap on the a slap on the wrist 
for for um for missing that one um but yeah uh, if, if if it isn't this weekend it will definitely be next weekend i'll be back up and running bringing you uh match reviews hopefully we can think something out maybe even a watch along i know i've been promising it one day these promises will happen um so yeah it is going to start coming thick and fast for the content um and so uh uh, and Willie Kirk did get manager of the month this season for yes, uh, he this did. season. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. A very, very well deserved um, manager of the month. People might say, "Oh, well, all these teams are ahead of you. You lost two. But you have to remember Leicester City. For those of you that may be new to the WSL, Leicester City took fourteen games last season to get as many points as they have now. So, a bit like the men's side, already beating last year's total. So, um, yeah. very well deserved. Uh, and, and and some of the players were in the running as well for the uh, player of the month, although they, they unfortunately couldn't give us both of it. They thought that was too much. But, uh, yeah, well done to Willie Kirk and, and the uh, Leicester ladies. I believe the I first believe ever, the first ever, ever Leicester ever. City women's manager um, to win it. But we're going to go on to now the, um, the I say, the, the, the chosen match, if you like, um, which was Leicester City against Middlesbrough on the 18th of January 2013, which I, for some reason, had in my mind when you told me, Brad, that this was the um, uh, cup final replay. Uh, that was obviously, I think, obviously the wrong season totally. But this was a kickoff on the 18th of January, like we say, with 20,000 tickets were sold for this game, but the attendance, as you can see there, was 8,585. And it was Leicester's lowest home attendance since the 6th of April 1991, when 8,444 witnessed their second division game with Brighton and Hove Albion at Filbert Street. But you're going to go now and tell us why it was such a low attendance. Yes, well, with all the um, storms and floods and everything, I thought this game was quite poetic in my choice because this game had players abandoning their cars, uh, fans unable to attend, uh, railway services, bus services were delayed and cancelled. Um, uh, and, and this is one of them infamous games that you go, well, if it, was, if it wasn't on the tally, it would have got called off. Um, and yeah, this was a game because I, I actually went to this game as well. I, I was actually one of the 8,000 in attendance and um and it was so it was such such a strange night because the store would come in and we all thought it was gonna get called off we was a little bit late getting to the to the ground uh um i was it was very fortunate that we was in the warm part of the stadium because it was an exact it was an executive box uh, that i was in for that game um and it was a very very strange game to try and play it was it was like watching a uh, Carabao Cup first round tie at home, Chris, with the attendance there. It was all very scattered. It felt like um, felt like a game that everybody expect. You know, like 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 you're thinking, oh, you're playing Shrewsbury in the cup. Well, you get about eight eight thousand if you're lucky. Turn up for that, but it wasn't. It was a quite quite a pivotal game for for Leicester that season. At that point, um, we're on a good run. David Nugent was scoring for fun. Uh, and, and ironically enough, in that in that game, David Nugent nearly became the villain um, because late on, um, Middlesbrough were awarded a penalty by 
a foul co- uh, committed by the goal scorer himself. Mm. And uh, the Casper Schmeichel performed heroics and saved the penalty in the 89th minute. And um, and Leicester went on to obviously, as you can see there, win the game. And when you asked me to think of a game, I, I know the 97 replay uh, out, uh, or even the original one at Wembley's is mm. one to easily go to. But this this one was more for me because I use my inside information mm. because uh, in the executive box, and now we do not endorse gambling on this channel, nor should you listen to my advice, but let's just say there was a pot and we all put some pennies in there and you predict the score and the attendance and the closest mm. the attendance gets half of it and took the score, anyone who gets the score dead on will get it as well. I went 1-0 and I told my dad, because everyone was like, oh, 3,000, 6,000, sort of like that. I said, Dad, uh, let me tell you this. The attendance might be about six, 7,000, but they will announce it as whatever tickets were sold for the game because they will class them as being in attendance because their tickets paid for. So he went for something really daft and everybody looked at him and obviously even though there was registered 8,000, the, the attendance announced on the night was actually given as correct attendance for if people had made it. So it was a profitable night for us all round because I was cursing Nugent and then cheering Casper come the, the end of it. Pardon? Inside the dealing. Inside the dealing. Ah, well, that's what we call it. We say it's frowned upon. It was just in, It was just my um, statistic knowledge that I knew that they counted uh, anybody that doesn't turn up for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so anyway, looking at starting lineup, Schmeichel was in goal. The lat, uh, Michael Keane uh, was in defence. Uh, Paul Koncheski, uh, Wes Morgan, uh, and then in the midfield, Matty James, uh, Ben Marshall, wow, uh, Danny Drinkwater, and then Antin Knockhart, and then David Nugent up front with Chris Wood. Two up front, those were the days. Um Dyer came on for Knockyart uh, after 76. Andy King for Ben Marshall. Uh, and Jamie Vardy came on for um, for David Nugent. Um, what do you remember about Ben Marshall? I He never really sort of won the crowd over at Leicester, did he? No, but he had a, he had some memorable goals. He, he had a hell of a right foot on him. He, he, sometimes he'd score a goal... And and have a performance that um, that would wow you. You know, he, he reminded me of Guppy in the sense. All right, Guppy was left footed; he could curl on him. But some of the goals he scored, if you look back over his, because he wasn't with us long. Was it only a season he was with us? Um, maybe it was two. I don't know. Yeah, season, season and a half. Um, and I was very surprised when we did let him go. But then he kind of delved that way for the remainder of his career. But I I, I quite liked him. I thought he had a little. I thought he had a potential with us, and I was, you know, before he got sold, I was hoping we'd keep hold of him. Um, I think he moved to Blackburn afterwards. I can't remember. I'm quite sure. Um, but um, yeah, he, he 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 could frustrate you. But we've had that problem for a while on with wingers, haven't we? Probably since Mares and before that, probably Guppy as wingers that we all fondly remember. Um, so yeah, January Sorry, oh, sorry, where are we? Where are we? Sorry. Yeah, January 12th to August 13, and then he went on to Blackburn Rovers, followed by Wolves, Millwall, Norwich, and Millwall again. Um, 
Anthony Knockyard, I love the guy. He, he, he signed his own death warrant with Pearson, really, with that interview he gave to the French newspapers. But I always wondered, would it have worked with him on one wing and Mares on the other? Uh, I mean, it might have done. It might have done. But I I think the problem was for Knockyard is that he, he was a very inconsistent winger, wasn't he? Um, we've said this about a few players uh, in our time, but um, it was one of them that if he went missing, you did feel like you had 10 men on the ball. He got frustrated. He, he, he'd stop running. He'd stop tracking back. He'd throw his toys out the pram. Maybe it's something about the French. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but then obviously, of course, that, oh, send shivers down my spine to say it, but that horrendous playoff semi-final um, or as I like to call it, the, the, the friendly that never was uh, between us and Watford. Um, that kind of put the mockers on him as, as, as a whole. And I I think, you know, you, you look at Anthony Kennecott's career afterwards. I mean, I still remember that scorpion kick he scored um, for us. That was, a, that was a wild goal. I don't know if you remember it, Chris, but um, we're playing in, a, in our black kit. Um, it was a look, um, the, the law sponsor one. Uh, a few seasons before. Anyway, he scored a great... He, he could score goals and pop up with some great finishes, but I think the intention was to always replace him with Mares uh, uh, as Mares grew into his time at Leicester and developed um, with us. So, um, it might have worked on the left, but I, 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 just, I just think he was always going to be a bit too inconsistent for us. Yeah. No, it, it's, no, it's great that you, great you know, that come you, up with a game that... Let me do my job. <laughs> Told me off earlier. I'm not annoyed, Brad. I'm not angry. I'm just very disappointed. Um, it is going to be live uh, match day, uh, match day live on Saturday from two fifteen with myself, Brad, uh, and Luke. No Kate this week because she is um, she's on her holidays. Uh, she's gone to Vietnam. Which I must admit, I never particularly thought of as a holiday destination, but I don't know who I'm more worried for, Kate or the Vietnamese, to be honest with you. Um, I'm going to pass this one over to you, uh, Brad, because Scott said here, uh, are either of you hoping for a difference in starting lineup to, or, uh, or to give the players A, a breather, or B, rotation? We kind of touched it at the start of the show, um, but any thoughts on that, Brad? Brad? Um. I don't think there's need for a breather. It's been eight days since they played against Leeds, um, so no, I don't think I don't think it's for a breather. But I do feel, and we we kind of touched on it. I, we had that show which you should go and check out, where we bro broke down the Leeds performance on the Sunday. So go and check that out. That that be worth watching. Where I'll, I I do a deep dive into it a bit more. But I I do feel we need some changes in personnel. And, and structure, um, at, at least to have it as, a, as, as, as an option to, to either start with or go to. I I'm not sure if he'll feel comfortable doing it from the start. I think it's something you've got to work on on the training ground first to do so. But, yeah, I can see rotations. There's some players that are coming back from injuries. There's, you know, there's some players that, that need some game time in there. So I think naturally, you know, your McAteers, your... Your Alvarez's, you know, your um, your Angus, uh, your Angus, yeah, your Eunice's, um, and that will want will be 
uh, hoping to get some game time. And then there's some players that are maybe a week or two still away that will be after the international break, but they'll be looking to get in the door soon. So I feel like you need to make that process starting now. So I, I, I think it'd be for rotation I'd, I'd want to see it for. I'm sorry, but Angus just tickled me then. <laughs> I don't remember signing him. When did we sign him? But, um, look, just a couple of points, uh, and then we're going to come on to the last uh, well, it's a question. But it's also, we, we did touch on it again earlier. Um, Vestergaard, back in the Danish squad. Um, nice to see that. Go on. Go on, Yannick. Uh, along with uh, Hermansen, uh, Christiansen, and there's another Leicester player in there as well, and I can't remember uh, who it is. Um, Mads and Mad oh yeah, well, Vestergaard, Mads, Victor Christensen, and of course, Casper Schmeichel, who's not Leicester anymore. But so we've got three players in there. Um, Fatuu has got a little bit of a, a pat on the back. Uh, no, he didn't fall over in the cow field, but um, the this this oh, it's not easy for me to say this. The statisticians. At the CIES Football Observatory, which, we, of course, we all know, uh, put together another list, this time of the 100 best biblers in the world under the age of 23. And coming in at number eight is Abdul Fatawu. So, well, that, that's, I mean, all right, I've never, no idea who they are, uh, but uh, but we'll take it, we'll take it. Um, this is something... Brad, uh, and, and ben, Ben's mentioned it, um, and we did touch on it earlier. It switched away on Boxing Day, moved to 7.45. I, I actually, when I posted this in on Facebook and Twitter, it is unfortunately the price of success. Um, if we were down the bottom of the league, we know we wouldn't be featured this much at all. It happened in the Premier League when we won, when we won it. Uh, as the season went on, we were on the telly more and more and more. Uh, we've been on the telly a lot in the championship, I believe, I think anyway, and that's because we're doing so well. And of course, we are playing, um, uh, you know, this first versus second should still be that way, depending which way one, you know, it'll either be us or them first. I just think all that, all that bullshit when we had COVID, oh, it's all about the fans, it's all about the fans. Trying to get back if you do not drive or you're not on a on a club coach on Boxing Night at well Boxing Day night I should say at sort of half ten eleven it's going to be you know, ridiculous. They have no thought at all for for away fans, do they? No, they don't. In fact, they don't have a thought for fans in in general because. You know, it's going to be a late night, so you can imagine most people will probably be driving to the game because the coach will take a lot longer to get back. You don't know what the weather conditions are going to be like. Most people will probably be staying in a hotel. Um, like the, but then again, no, the Christmas Day, so will they? So you, you kind of rule that out, don't you? So... Uh, and unless they've got family down then they might say, okay, we'll do that there, do the boxing day and you know, sort of thing or whatever and head there late at night sort of thing. But it's it's extortionate as well. It's expensive. It's not right on fans. I know I know our owners have always tried to do their best by away traveling fans when we've had the home fixture on boxing day with offering them free stuff. Or I think even one season we paid for travel for uh, the away fans on boxing day. So 
you know, and that's that's great, but it shouldn't be on the owner, should it, Chris? You know, it should. I don't understand it. If you could, if you can, through if you, you prove to us through COVID that um, you can have these games all on telly. Uh, and I'm not saying that they can continue to afford that. I don't know the rates, and I'm not a businessman in that sense to know how much it cost them over COVID. I'm sure it didn't cost them enough to not pay the taxes, but we won't talk about that. Um, but for me, I think there should just be a bog standard uh, agreement between clubs that, yep, yeah, we'll pick your game to go on Sky. But when it's during a festive period, and I say the same for the New Year fixtures, because they're just as bad, if not worse. I think during December, maybe not the start of December, fair enough. But if you said from the 20th to the 4th of January or whenever the last fixtures are played in that first week of January are, all the games kick off at the same time mm. because the the evening kickoffs and the early morning kickoffs or the 12, 12 30 kickoffs are both a disaster for fans uh, for two different reasons. Um, Cause it's just ridiculous. And it's just not right. It's just not no. right. And I think the thing is as well for me is that that week between Christmas and new year is Amazon prime football week. So every single game will be on telly. Well, it was in the Premier League, but we, but we, our game, sorry, not so whether it's Amazon Prime, but that's for the Premier League teams. But our our midweek game is Cardiff, and we're playing that at 7.45 between Christmas and New Year. Not everybody has Christmas and New Year off. Not everybody that goes to away games lives in Leicester and goes to the ground to pick up one of the coaches. And if you're if you're living, and I know somebody that lives down, um, well, let's say you know Dave who lives in Leatherhead, poor guy trying to get home from Ipswich, at, you know, <laughs> eleven o'clock on Boxing Day evening. It's it's a joke. It is really really a joke. Um, before we do the um, the the, uh, the uh, match day live on Saturday, we have got the prediction show tomorrow at nine o'clock. Uh, that would be um, with my well. <laughs> With Pinky and Perky here again, us two. Um, don't miss that. If we'll see how the league is going. Uh, if you can send me the league table over or the points over, Brad, and then I can do that and get all that ready. Uh, stay on the line. I'll have a quick one with you afterwards, you lucky devil. Um, but we'll be back tomorrow at nine. Don't forget to please subscribe to this channel and smash the likes, but also get over to LTID TV too. Uh, if you like your quizzes, there'll be some more of those coming up soon. And I say that is the channel to follow the women's football on. Um, subscribe to LTID TV too, and, uh, and and show your support over there for us as well. Um, not a problem, Scott. That's fine, mate. Uh, it's just whenever you can come in, mate. Whenever you can come in, you don't have to. Uh, if you can't come in, I just presume you know you're doing other things uh, on that. I will see you all um, t tomorrow night with Brad at nine o'clock. And I've got to say. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. If you have also been doing so on your podcast, favorite podcast platform, I'm just going to show this before we go. Say so something when you can lose and you're still number one. I'll say is thanks a lot for watching. It's good night from me. And it's good night from him.
It was a waste. We got there in the end, man. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You better like them too, or I'll be back. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.